impossible to know everything. And it really Absolutely. is hard when you're supposed to be a leader. To, Absolutely. You know, to be like, hey, by the way, because your, your job is supposed to be people can trust you, they can rely mm -hmm. on you, right? But there has to be that middle ground of you have to learn, you have to humble yourself, mm -hmm. and then ask for help, I didn't find even, resources. Yeah. For, for ladies and women, when you're coming into a leadership role, when you're in an industry where it is heavily male-dominated, um, for you to have to really understand what it is that you're doing, really educate yourself so nobody can try to finesse you on anything um, and you get respected a little bit more. Welcome back to the Journey Podcast. I'm Emma Jackson. And I'm Jose. And today we are joined by a very special guest, none other than <laughs> Juliet Garcia. Julia is a commercial property manager and a realtor here in Houston, and she has had a very unconventional path to her career, and we want to dive in and talk a little bit more about that. So thank you for joining us, Julia. Yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> awesome to be here. I appreciate it. So start out by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you're from. Uh, born and raised in Philadelphia. Philly. The, uh, yep. Philly girl, John here. Uh, we moved to Columbia for a few years, stayed there, moved back to the States, and uh, my mom wanted to stay in Philadelphia. My dad, Columbia, the country. The Columbia, the oh, country. Yeah, whoa. South America. That's so we really lived cool. there. That's where my dad's from. So what do you like prefer, Columbia, Philly or, or Columbia? <laughs> you know, it was like I was crying because we were leaving the States to go, and then I was crying to come back home. It was <laughs> the weirdest thing ever. But um, I think living there did shape me a little bit in um, – appreciating what I have, understanding the amount of commercialism that there is in the States, even being there at a young age, uh, being able to appreciate things. You know, I came with all of my Mattel Barbies and, you know, little uh, Hot Wheel cars and the remote control cars. Like, this is normal stuff that kids have in the States, you know. And then getting there and then the girls say, oh, yeah, let's play, you know, con los muñequitos, with, you know, with the Barbies and the dolls. And I'd pull out my really nice rubber Mattel and they'd have these little Barbie dolls that if you held them too tightly, the legs would just like collapse wow. and the hair was just like a little bit of a string of hair. Um, and I unfortunately collapsed somebody's legs when I was like, cause I didn't know how to handle it. And you know, I obviously gave her one of my Barbies. I felt horrible. Um, but just seeing that, yeah, I was maybe about eight years old and I was like, wow, how happy they are with the little bit that they do have. And then, realizing kind of how much of a spoiled brat I could be with the things that I had and coming back to the states it just it just completely kind of changed it and I kind of still have that mentality today yeah the states honestly it's completely different like I lived in Puerto Rico for a year mm. amazing but the difference from a territory like Puerto Rico coming back to Houston it's like 90 day difference yeah. Yes, it's totally different. So that was a really cool experience. Made some great friends. Um, moved back to the States. My mom was like, let's stay here because that's where all of our family's from. Um, and my dad was like, I'm never shoveling snow again. Like, we're not doing this. And so it was either Florida or Houston. Um, and he had a really good contact when we were living in Columbia of another uh, entrepreneur that had a business in Houston. And he was like talking about the struggles of having to fly back to the States, dealing with your company. My dad also had a company in Philadelphia. He's also like, man, the struggle of having to fly back. You don't really have a business partner that you can trust. Um, and they just hit it off. And the guy was like, well, why don't you go to Houston? Let's be partners. Go run it. And then I could just live here in Columbia with my family. You can be, you know, in somewhere warm with your family and it's to win-win. And that's what we did. We wound up moving to Houston. He bought 
into the business, eventually bought him out, um, and then we've been here ever since. That's not unlike what we did. We were like, I'm not doing another Chicago winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said, absolutely not. I called Jose. (laughs) Jose had already gone to Puerto Rico, and I was like, I'm going to Guatemala for a month just to get some sun. And then we were like, this is unsustainable. We should maybe, (laughs) maybe we should move somewhere warmer. Um, and okay, so you said your dad was an entrepreneur, right? And ran yeah. a small business. How yeah. did that impact your life? Business? That is free child labor. No. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, he um, so he started with exterminating. Uh, actually worked with Terminex, and then realized like I could pretty much do this on my own. Opened his little business, um, and it just started growing from there. Obviously, from that we went to Columbia, came back. He still had that one in Philadelphia. We moved to Houston, and then by then I'm already reaching about ten years old. Um, and he's like, okay, you need to like figure out money and I'm not going to give it to you. Right. Cause Spanish people, we don't believe in just handing our children mm-hmm. money for doing chores. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is your contribution <laughs> for living here. Um, and so he had at that time, he had bought into a, a window cleaning business. It was a building maintenance, restoration, waterproofing company. And they had a little route in Brunham, Texas. It's about an hour away. And he said, do you want to buy a business? And I'm like, I'm 10. Like, what are you talking about? And, I'm yeah, and he goes, well, you're going to learn how to clean windows on Saturdays. And we're going to drive out there. And you're going to have to do it, I think he said, like, four times. And then it's yours. And then you have to learn how to do your taxes. You have to learn how to do your invoicing. You have to learn how to apply payments. You have to learn your QuickBooks and do all that. And I was like, all right, cool. Obviously, at 10 years old, I'm not, like, actually cleaning the windows. You know, he's doing the brunt of the work. I'm just kind of, like, wetting it. But, yeah, we did that, and I started to learn how to enter my payments, learning QuickBooks. So when I grew up, you know, and then I would tell people, yeah, I've been using QuickBooks since, like, 99. And they're looking at me like, there's no way. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When employers ask for 25 years of experience. Like, that's literally (laughs) what it was. Um, But it it definitely helped us – Helped me with, you know, finances and understanding how businesses work, understanding your P&Ls, doing your 1099s for your contractors. Um, It was really cool. I mean, I did that all through my uh, middle school, high school, uh, some of my college. And then by then I wound up doing it on my own. I was making decent money, you know, for a 10, 12 year old, you're getting like 600 bucks a month. Like, that's crazy, you know? So it was it was, it was was a nice little foundation for me, for sure. My dad always said, you know, me and my sister, he both got us into the accounting portion of, um, at a minimum, at least you'll know how to do your own finances. And at a minimum, you can at least get into a mom and pop and help them with their books. So you'll always be able to have a job. You know, whether you decide to get married or not, you'll be able to kind of, like, hold on your own. And it's definitely benefited. It's kind of crazy. We kind of have the same story. So when I was 11, I wanted to buy some Jordans. And my dad was like, yeah, I'm not going to buy you no Jordans. <laughs> he said, you got to go get a job. And I was like, Papi, how am I going to get a job? I'm, like, 11 years old. Uh-huh. And he's like, go wash some cars. And that's what I actually did. I started my little car washing business. Uh-huh. Uh, recruited a couple of my friends. They did all, like, the washing. And I used to be the salesperson. just collect the money, buy the equipment, uh-huh. and then deliver it kind of like the the jobs of them and they executed it. It's crazy that you said the Jordans because like I didn't have to spend my own money for like school clothes. Like obviously mom would always take me shopping for my school clothes. But there was one year in middle school that I wanted a pair of Jordans and it was like the white Jordans and they had like this blue thing like metallic that like went over it and it would latch at the bottom of the shoe. And I, I don't know, they were probably like $100, $200. And I was like, yeah, you know, for my school shoes. My mom's like, that is not in the yeah. budget for school shoes. She's like, you could use your own money. And it hurt so bad, like, using my own But you like, value but it yeah. so Oh, I clean those things every day. Yeah. I clean them every 100%. day. 100%. Yeah, we used to get the little fake Air Forces with a Puerto Rican flag next to them <laughs> on the side. Or Who the shock ones. No one did it that. No, no. Nah, nah. <laughs> we used to go to flea market and we used to... 
take like the shoes and they used to airbrush them too. Uh huh. The good old days. Uh, see, I um, I had no sense of style, and I went to a little school where everyone had to wear the same uniform. And mm. I, don't, no one is allowed to go online and find pictures of me circa that age because it was real bad. <laughs> I was not wearing the cool clothes. So. Florida, we didn't have uniforms back in the day. You had uniforms. No, we had uniforms here, and I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on with this. Fo- my, with just, my, it's no, just dinging like crazy. Just throw it all the way across. I, the I, that is I feel proof like how I busy should. you are. <laughs> yeah. That is literally the proof, right there. I put my phone on silent, and it's still dinging. <laughs> Oh my God! What was I gonna say? Sorry. Oh, we, uniforms. Yeah, uniforms. Yes. Uniforms. So we, I had uniforms in Houston and Philadelphia. I feel like I should take this off. Should I put it in the <laughs> other room? I'm sorry. Just <laughs> chunk it over there. Um, in uh, <laughs> and in Philly we didn't have that. You know, it's like you just go in your street clothes. In Houston, that was where I was introduced to it. In middle school, you had to wear. I think it was like khakis and navy pants and then you had like red and white polos that you could do but then you couldn't have a logo which was really tough because it's like every store has a logo on it so you're like really trying hard because they felt you know the point of the uniform Mm -hmm. is to make everybody feel equal like nobody feels left out and then you can't like go in there with like an american eagle or like a polo and then somebody has something no my transition was elementary school uniforms Uh and then my parents were like Okay, we need to introduce you to the real world because I had this like little like I gone to this like little private school because you know for a, for a few years and my parents are like you need social skills and so uh, they put me in the public middle school uh-huh. and I had no social skills so they had done you know this was good this was important and go. all of a sudden it's like the jungle it's like you know everyone from every walk of life and every possible background and I did not know how to interact I didn't know I didn't know what sarcasm was I did I got chewed up and spit out and it was so important for me (laughs) i really did because i was like i don't know what's going on yeah but that's where i discovered you know all i I still don't have style though i feel i feel like i'm very i walk into the mall or the store and i'm like what's on the mannequin in my size thank you because i loved uniforms i I don't have to think about anything you know it's just (laughs) you just have three options i got introduced you to a store called bonobos Uh i love it this is not sponsored but uh everything (laughs) in his closet is bonobos yeah it's so simple they have a little stylist they pick Uh out a couple outfits okay you just buy them they have a women's line big no they're a men's oh see listen there's not a lot of those so you gotta (laughs) give them credit you know where credit's due but no, but going back to the conversation, I think that's how I want to raise my kids. I want to, like, when they're, like, 10, 12 years old, 13, they have to go get a little side hustle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you Honestly. give them too much and they, they, don't, they don't work for it, true. they're not going to appreciate it. It's just, it is what it is. It's true. Because I think that is, that's, like, kind of the foundation of what made you who you are today, right? For sure. For sure. Being able to understand um, the numbers, understanding the bigger picture of things, um, has really helped out in in the jobs that I've had. I've been really fortunate. I haven't had like a ton of jobs. You know, I obviously I worked with, for my dad for quite a while until like I wound up moving out. Um, but I did car dealership for a little bit, working in the finance, the buy here, pay here type of a thing. It was a little bit too much drama for me, so I skedaddled <laughs> out of that. Um, and then I found myself at a at a dental lab. Um, doing their accounts payable, like accounts payable, accounts receivable, um, doing payroll. Uh, when I got there, everything was like manual, you know, literal payroll of like Jose, single, one dependent, 
deduct this oh, no. much. Oh, that's, that's no. Much I was that's like, that's not happening. I said, you need to give me $200 for QuickBooks. Give me another $200 for it, which QuickBooks isn't sponsoring this either. Mm-hmm. So that, that should be something. You should you should get some money out of that. <laughs> they're amazing. Um, and I told him, I said, I need you to give me this for me to be able to do my job like effectively. I'm not going to spend payroll doing a whole day. And so they ran um, my books with the old accountant's books as, he, as we were doing the transition to make sure that QuickBooks was doing it correctly. And when they realized it was, I was doing payroll for the whole company in like about two hours, I would say, whereas it used to take the other guy about a day, you know, all day doing payroll. And so it was nice being able to use those skills into the jobs that I was at. I was there for almost five years. We were doing like five, six companies that they had. Um, It was nice. And then from there, I interviewed with the company that I'm at now, uh, I knew a girl that was working there at the time. I went to the interview. I thought, like, yeah, he loves me. This is great. And then he never called me back. And, and I you was interviewed like, for what exactly? What I interviewed interview again for? for, like, an accounting position of mm-hmm. under, you know, doing, like, their bookkeeping data entry type of a thing. Um, and what was funny was, I mean, he knew that I knew QuickBooks, my boss, uh, because the girl that was working for him at the time would sometimes call me at about like 6, 6.30 when they were trying to wrap up books. And I'm at home cooking. Like she could hear me cooking. She'd be like, hey, how do I do this in QuickBooks? I'm like, okay, no, you got to go to reports, file, customize, move Because I have it? it in my mind. <laughs> oh my God. Like I know QuickBooks. Like, when I say that, yes, I'm familiar with it since 90. Like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so when I went to interview, I was like, this is a straight shot. Yeah, like, like, obviously, yeah, bag. you know me. <laughs> hey, it's what's up. And he never called me back. And I was so bummed. I was like, you know, it's not a big deal. Went back to work, still at my current job or at the dental uh, lab. And then he called me a year later. Out of the blue. Picked up. I was like, hello. And he was like, hey, I know you've been waiting for my call. We're ready for you. And, and I was like, he's kind of a big deal in Houston, right? This guy, he's got, he's like he's, a big business he's, guy. He's got right? his stuff going on Because I sure. can imagine like, okay, you show up and you're like, okay, I think I got this in the bag. This, you know, big, big guy like never calls you back. Yeah. And then you're just like, okay, like, oh, whatever. And then he randomly, one year later, <laughs> one imagine, year later calls. Written, no, no email, nothing. Just nothing. Like, picks up the phone. And, and what's wild was I was having lunch with one of my other coworkers, which was actually leaving the dental lab. She had just gotten a really good opportunity. Um, and she was like, I, I got to go, you know. So And so we were having lunch. And the whole theme of her lunch was to tell me, like, what are you doing? Like, I feel like you've already reached your glass ceiling. You need to start looking at other opportunities. I'm just like, oh, but I'm comfortable. Like, it's fine. And that's the day I get the call. And I was like, who is this? And, like, he says who he is. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. So I said, well, let me go back and interview and see, you know, what's up. Like, if it's going to be the, for the same position. And so sure enough, we scheduled the interview, went back to his office, Looked at the books and uh, and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, we should do this, we should do that. You know, this isn't really, you know, reporting so you, you well. You had a like, you had a more interactive interview. He yeah, pretty much opened yeah. up and show you the books. Yeah, because because I told him, I said, I said, if you if you want me to come, like now this is my second interview, basically. Like, if I'm really gonna commit to something, I want to see what it is, right? Because at the time, I was working 10, 15 minutes from my house. I'm not spending any money in gas. I'm not spending any money in tools. So I'm gonna have to go from spring. All the way down to Bel Air, Texas. I'm like, it has to be something that is gonna make me some money, make it worth it, (laughs) and I want to see what it is that I'm getting into, right? Because my personality is, I like excelling at what I do, and nothing frustrates me more. I can testify to that 100. (laughs) percent Like no cap. (laughs) Nothing frustrates me more than feeling like I don't know what's going on, or feeling like this project is too big for me, and I just didn't want to commit myself to something that I felt like I was gonna fail in. Um, and so I looked at everything and I told him what I thought 
And he was like, numbers wise, you know, where are you? And if he sees this, he's going to be like, I knew it. But I totally finagled my way into some extra cash because uh, I remembered to. what I had asked for back then. And I said, um, I, I wanted, I had asked for what I had back then plus some. And I told him, um, I also calculated how much it's going to be in gas. And I calculated how much it's going to cost me in tolls. And I need you to add that to my base salary. And then I need you to add on top of that. This was a Because I'm not going to come down. And he just looked at me and he was like, so this is what you're making now? And I said, yes. And he says, and then I had to add on, I think it was like another five and another three from like gas and tolls. I said, and then you have to add something else. Because I'm not going to basically get my same pay and then be driving an hour down. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, but will you stay? Like, okay, fine, you're telling me all of this, but it is going to be an hour drive. Like, what kind of, and I said, as long as I'm making money and as long as I'm challenged and I enjoy what I do, I will be here for as long as it is. That's that's what I enjoy. And I feel like it's gotten monotonous at my job. I'm not learning anything else. I need a new challenge. I think this would be a perfect fit, but I want some cash. And he sat there and he did. <laughs> I said, okay, here, what do you think? And I said, yes. <laughs> of course, I was really cool. I was just like, yeah, you know, I guess this is what it is. <laughs> but I walked out of there and I was like, this is it. First day, you know, put in my two weeks and everything. The, my old bosses, they were really sad to go when it was three partners. They were awesome. I absolutely loved working with these guys. Very family oriented. Um, really just looked after me like that. Um, and one of them came. One of them was super mad. When I told them, he was he stormed out of the room. Really? Jeez. So Ooh. mad. And then he came back in the afternoon. He was like, you know what? It's a good opportunity. I'm sorry. He goes, but yeah, it's going to suck. And I was like, okay. And then the other one's like a really big teddy bear. And he said, it would be extremely selfish of us to try to make you stay. So they didn't give you no counter offer? No. They said, they, 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 they had told me, they said, we'll match it. But when I showed them the whole package and I said, I'm going to get this and then I'm going to have this opportunity for a bonus package and I have opportunity for this. They said, you know what? You got to go. Like, you know, it, yeah, we could probably try to match something for you, but you're basically going to reach that cap. And where you're going with the commercial real estate and everything else, he's like, you, you should go. You should go. And with full blessing. So first day. Make it to the office at my new job. I'm all excited. A little um, lunchbox and everything. Yeah, a little lunchbox. <laughs> and, uh, and so he, he meets me there in the morning, and he's like, okay, um, he's on the phone. He's always on the phone, by the way. this That was my first introduction of realizing this that man's always familiar. on the phone. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and uh, he goes, okay, we're going to go look at the properties that we have. I said, okay. Drove around to the different properties. At the time, we had some apartment complexes. We saw the townhomes, this building, uh, Midtown, and then the building in Bel Air. Uh, just, you know, asking questions. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I was like, well, you know, you should probably improve this. I noticed this over here that's decaying, whatever, whatever. You added and value he, right off the bat. Right off the bat. And did that and come natural to you? This just, yeah. And it was, okay, yeah. <laughs> because, so, so the, the, the critical eye of looking at building and maintenance stuff like that is going to come back to working at my dad's company of building maintenance and restoration oh. and things like that. So my eyes already looking at stuff like, wow, that's not okay. Your waterproofing looks messed up. Your landscaping is here. Why do the shingles look like that? There's and some graffiti back here. you're the kind of here. person who's pretty honest, right? Some yeah. people would be in that Bro. position and be like, I don't want to say the right thing, the wrong thing. You're just like, no. I'm hey, if if you ask me for my opinion, what do I see that's wrong with the property? This is, this is what I see. And we got in the car and he's like, I can't believe it. Like, you know, you're here for five seconds and you're pointing out all these things. It's just like, well, you know, it is what it is. Did the properties, went back to the office, picks up another call. He uh, walks into the office and he goes, that's your office there. I said, okay, cool. And he walks away. 
And I just sat there in this really nice big <laughs> office. And I was like, what did I do? What am I doing? There's nobody here because it was just me, him, and like a receptionist at the time. Um, and, uh, and I was like, okay, you know, and I'm like trying to like click around, try, you know, got into the computer. Nobody's coming in, you know, and I hear him on the phone. And I'm thinking, okay, eventually he's going to like hang up. And like, like come, come over. And give me like an orientation. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. hey, you know, this is where we're going to start. Um, nothing. And then I just hear him get up out of his chair, hear him walking down the hall, and he peeps in and goes, you good? And I said, uh, yeah. And he goes, okay, cool. I'll see you tomorrow. And then leaves. <laughs> when we interviewed, he had told me, he said, I don't do well on training. Training isn't my forte. I will give you a big picture, and I will tell you what it is that I want. And I need a team that can just do it if you're not going to be self-sufficient if you're not going to be able to work on your own it's not going to work here and I thought okay yeah I get that but at least I'm thinking I'm going to get some sort of direction I did at that moment I realized oh my god this is really like this is it uh, so I, uh, I had asked the receptionist some you know general items like hey because they had the old accountants stuff there and I was like you know can I clean this out she was like yeah you get rid of that and so I thought okay well let me look into QuickBooks and see what's up Looked at the books and I said, well, I'll start reconciling. You know, that'll get me familiar with some of the vendors, see where money's going, uh, make sure that the money that's going out is paying invoices that are entered. We, I found a lot of items, obviously, that were missing um, overpayments to some vendors, but at the previous account had to enter invoices in. So it was a lot of cleaning up and it was, it was a lot of fun. So I was tackling that, got into my niche. You know, now I know what's going on. I got everything together. Um, and then... Uh, Meanwhile, he's here with Central Square. At that time, we hadn't really finished the building. So it's still kind of with permits, construction, things like that. We had a tenant that was moving in. We were getting behind schedule that he was also handling. His hands are in, like, so much stuff, and I respect him immensely of how he can juggle all of that. Um, and I just thought, oh, yeah, let me help you out, you know, ordering some material, getting that. So ordered some material, then meeting with the client, going to the building to see how it is, et cetera. And then he's just like, wow, you do pretty well with, like, managing projects and i was like oh yeah you know no you big deal whatever yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. just, just another thing uh and so then he pulls me into the office with one of the other property managers that handles residential and he's like okay so i need you to help her understand some of like the data entry and things like that because it was a small little niche that she was that she was doing at that time um to take on some additional stuff uh he goes and i want you to go to midtown and i was like for what like, this is my job. My job is data entry, accounts payable, payroll. Like, no. And he said, no, I think that this would be really good for you. Um, you know, learning how to deal with the property. Let's figure out the permits, problems. And you solved. have the experience from your, your dad's business. Yeah, but that's maintenance. That has nothing to do with, like, property city of Houston permitting office and understanding <laughs> plans and reading with architects and engineers and and like what no absolutely not you know and by then I think I had been working with him for about maybe eight months so we had already developed kind of like a nice little banter and I don't know what possessed me but I sat back in my chair and I folded my arms and I was like this is absolute bullshit what? and he looked at me and he said what and I said it is like you didn't hire me for this I don't want to go there like I don't know what this is you know because I like I told you before I don't like to fail Right. And I feel like you're putting me in this position that you think I'm an excel in, but I don't have the confidence in myself. Like, I do not want to go there. No, I'm not going. And he was like, OK, well, just give it six months. Six months. We'll talk. If you absolutely hate it, 
then we'll chat. So he heard absolutely not as like a maybe. Yeah. As absolutely. a trial. Did trial. You just try it out. I, like that. I was I like that. <laughs> living. I was living. So like, you know, a good maybe two, three months passed. I got the other girl situated with what I was doing. Um, and they came over here to Midtown. And I don't even think it took me like six months. Like he called me up and he was like, hey, how you doing? I was like, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And it's uh, I give a lot of a lot of credit to my lead maintenance that has helped me really understand, you know, the construction aspects of things. My architect, my engineer that really took me under their wing that was like, OK, she really wants to understand the plans reading things, understanding the keynotes, understanding the diagrams that are in things since we do the construction for tenants as a turnkey. Um, they really helped me understand what it is that I'm doing that then has helped me speak with confidence when I have my tenants because now I know what it is. I've seen the construction and as my guys are doing it, they're explaining this is what this detail means, this is how this applies, this is what the Rako frame does. Um, so it, I give them a lot of credit. I definitely could not be doing the type of projects and speaking with the clients all that I have now if it wasn't for them. Um, and it would, it would be really cool because sometimes I would catch errors with my engineer. Like he'd do some space plans for us and I'd be looking at his plans. I'm like, hey, did you, uh, you forgot some uh, uh, emergency light fixtures? And he'd be like, no, I didn't. You pick it up. Oh, yeah, Julie, nice catch. So I'm like, hey! <laughs> you taught me too well. <laughs> okay, well, now you have a lot of that experience under your belt, right? But mm -hmm. when you first started out, did you ever experience imposter syndrome? Absolutely. Absolutely. And how go did you deal with you it? You know, it's... Again, I think I have to go back to giving credit uh, to to my staff. Wait, before you answer the question, can you explain imposter syndrome a little bit, Emma, or Juliet? For me, I, imposter I syndrome is... is 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 you're you're presenting as if you know what you're talking about and you may know that you know that you're talking about but you're like new in the industry and like you're an expert in the industry and then I'm nervous that I might say something that's going to make me look like an absolute fool. Yeah. You know, like, so okay, am I really okay, a fraud? Okay. Do I belong yeah. here? Do I belong also? here? Yeah. Yeah, am I worthy enough to be sitting and talking with these people? Like this is crazy. It often happens when you like rise to success really fast or fast. maybe you took yeah. a non-traditional route so mm -hmm. you didn't come from the property that management makes sense. world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it, I did have a lot of that doing it. I remember one time, like, right after I had moved into the building, you know, maybe, like, a good two months, three months, I had gone home and I was just bawling because I'm like, what am I doing? I don't understand this. And I just realized I have to rely on other people that are more capable, you know, in the sense of, like, understanding things like my engineers and, like, my architects that can help me, you know, learn, like, Closed mouths never get fed. I'm never going to learn if I don't ask for help. And there's nothing wrong Preach with coming it. to my lead maintenance and saying, I don't know what's going on. You know, yes, I'm in this position of authority. And yes, you're supposed to listen to me, but help me. I feel like we do that. I feel like we do that all the time. Really? Because, like, sometimes we don't know what we're doing when it comes to a, a new field. Uh -huh. And, like, for example, well, it's impossible to know everything. And it mm -hmm. really Absolutely. is hard when you're supposed to be a leader Absolutely. to, you know, to be like, hey, by the way, because your, your job is supposed to be people can trust you, they can rely mm -hmm. on you, right? But there has to be that middle ground of you have to learn, you have to humble yourself, mm -hmm. and then ask for help, find even, resources. Yeah, I don't, I don't even say humble yourself. I think it's just understanding your limitations. Like today, I was like, yeah. Casey, if we boost up the light, would that fix the uh, ISO issue? And she's like, technically, but this is a better way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's just understanding your limitations and to make the best product well, possible. Well, just having For a sure. really strong team around you makes a huge, huge difference. Absolutely huge difference. Because when I, when I came over here to the building, there was another lead ma maintenance guy 
that was in charge. And he was kind of like running the whole show with the building. But it wasn't really going as fast as it really should be. Big picture thinking wasn't really there, um, which is why I got brought in. And we butted heads a lot because he felt like, here comes this girl, younger than me, has no idea what's going on, and you're going to tell me how to do my job? Like, what is your problem, you know? And I, and I told him, I said, obviously you do a good job, right? You've been doing this for a while. It's been going great, but now we need to go somewhere else and I need your help to do it. Like, it, it doesn't have to bump heads, right? You, you can still manage the guys. I won't get involved in that, but we still need to have some sort of a communication. And it just wasn't it. And then he just quit on me mid, uh, mid job. But by then I had already learned enough. <laughs> and like, so I called my boss and I was like, he quit and he was freaking out. He's like, oh my God, we're never gonna finish the time. And I said, yes, we're fine. You know, by then I've already understood some stuff. Level, the number two in command of the lead maintenance was like, fine, I'll step up. You know, let's go ahead and do this. And he's had a fantastic attitude. Like I said, I give him massive props for helping me to get to where I am. And we've been a great team. We've been here almost, this is going to be my eighth year. So it's seven years pretty much working with him as my right hand when it comes to the maintenance and the build outs and things like that. And you're still constantly and improving the building, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, my okay, I have to say this. Honestly, you know my favorite feature about Central Square? Oh, and by the way, mm. Central Square is, this is where our studio this is. is so it. we've become intimately familiar with this. So space. if you guys want to lease a unit here, just mention Jose or the Idea Farm podcast, a journey. Oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, He's but like seven months <laughs> right. No, but it's actually been an amazing spot for us coming in from not knowing anything about Houston. We got so lucky. We got Extremely so, lucky. so, so lucky. And um, now we're in this place. You, you know, know what I remember? I remember that first day, Julie walks out of the office. She's like, hey, you want to lease here? I was, and I was like, yes. And then <laughs> Mike took care of us like, he help you. I was like, okay, see us. <laughs> yeah, I, I always have like a nice little banter. Like when people come in, like sometimes I'll have uh, brokers that come with their clients and, you know, they'll... We'll, we'll finish the tour and they'll be like, okay, well, I mean, we still have some more tours, you know, to do. And I'm like, oh, you don't need to do that. Mm. Or like, like before we're going to do the tour, I'm like, yeah, but after we lease, after we tour here, you're not going to want to go anywhere else, you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's a nice little uh, perk, I think, of leasing here because the way that I um, do my property management or, or my style is more of, you know, I work for my tenants. Yeah. Right. Like this is your home. This is your baby. This is where you're putting your business in. This is where you're growing. Um, and when you have an issue, you want to be able to call somebody of, hey, I'm cold. Hey, I'm hot. Um, hey, I saw this leak or something. Wh whatever it might Any be. Granted, we don't have that because we have a nice new building. But in case there's something there, janitorial didn't pick up my trash. You want to be able to text, call, and have somebody respond. Mm -hmm. Super you know? successful. I've never had, like, never ever have I lived or worked in a like worked in a commercial building where there's such an accessible staff. Yeah. So, my, so my thing is, is like all of my tenants have my cell phone number. Everybody's gonna be able to text me, call me whenever there's an issue. And we got some cool stuff here. We have that new vending machines. Yeah, with the new vending Love machines. But I have to say something, Julie. I have to what? confess something to you, right? So today, uh -oh. I went to grab. A sandwich for the vending machine. By the way, the sandwich is phenomenal. But you know what I'm saying? But there was no like napkins or like utensils next to the microwave to like heat up the sandwich that I just bought. We boy. just got this vending machine installed like a week ago. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that we get this up there. I'm just messing with you though. But yeah, so we have the amenities. I like I like to to put that type of, of management style of like an open door policy where my tenants can just come in. Um, sit down, chit chat, have a concern, voice that. 
Um, and my staff is also pretty uh, proactive on like seeing things or whatever. And then they'll come to me and say, hey, I think we should improve, you know, X, Y and Z. I think that's a great idea. Let's go ahead and implement that. Um, but yeah, we're always looking for ways to um, improve. And whenever we do have tours and I tell that to the prospects, they're always impressed because normally commercial real estate, it's it can seem very cold, you know, when I've, I've dealt with other brokers, it seems very cold. It's very nine to five. And if you have an issue, like, I really don't care. I'll see you on Monday. And my thing is, is like, that's not going to help for tenant retention, mm -hmm. right? Ten tenants want to feel like I matter here. If I'm leasing 300 square feet or I have a full floor, I still matter. I'm still paying rent. And that's been my approach for everything. Fortunately, I haven't lost any tenants just because they're like, you know what? I hate it here. Maintenance is terrible. You know, Julie is whatever. I haven't lost that. If anything, they wind up always renewing or they wind up expanding and growing with us like you guys did. Um, so, I, you know, I, I feel like that speaks volumes to to our style that we have here. So we did a client. So we have another uh, client that actually, you know, rents a unit here. And mm -hmm. she was telling us that one of her favorite features about this place, it was you how you took the time out of your busy schedule to explain to her comps to say, hey, you mm. actually can afford this and mm -hmm. how to scale your business with mm -hmm. this. So I don't think a lot of commercial leasing companies or agents will actually have those in-depth conversations with you. They don't take the time. They're not yeah. personal. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, I like I said, I've not to knock my colleagues, but I have noticed that um, in in dealings with them or how they talk about their, their tenants. I remember one time I went to like this little mixer um, it was a ton of other commercial uh, agents, uh, property managers that were there. And we were having like little, you know, mixer or orders, whatever. And my phone was like dinging and I was responding and it ding and I'd respond. And one of the girls was like, what is going on with your phone? Like, oh, you're so popular. I said, no, I said, this is my work phone. These, these are my tenants. And she's like, oh, absolutely not. Like after <laughs> five, there's no way. And I'm just thinking... How do What's you your occupancy like? Yeah, exactly. You, no, okay. Exact <laughs> well, it's the same for us. So as a marketing business, you know, we have clients of all shapes and sizes. And something that we're always talking about is sometimes there's a crisis and it can happen on a weekend. Yeah. It can happen on a yeah. night and it can have nothing to do with us. You know, we've had clients that, you know, get a bad review and they just they're panicking. They're mm -hmm. like, I, this actually happened to me. I was visiting a dear friend in Miami this weekend and it was so good to get the rest and relaxation. But you know what? Like at the end of the day, I remember I woke up early one morning and we got a text from a client and she was like, she cares. All of the people we work with care so much about their businesses, mm -hmm. right? And she was like, I just don't know how to respond. I just don't know what to do. This has been so hard. And I sat and I worked with her and we mm -hmm. went through like four or five iterations of responses to figure out not only for dealing with that one situation but everyone is going to see that review right yeah. everyone's going to mm -hmm. see you know that matters and they see and how you respond to the review too exactly mm -hmm. exactly so just you know taking time to do things like that you have to obviously set boundaries yeah with, yeah you know your tenants with our clients but at the end of the day showing them that that relationship is more important yeah. than oh it's you know 5 p.m or oh i'm i'm out of the office or something like that mm -hmm. especially as if, if you're in leadership is kind of critical i mean we're doing yeah. the same thing too like the thing about it i mean we are the same thing but um, we're, we swap all our emails from like a support email to like now my personal email so yeah. clients can directly communicate with me. It's, Even though that support email went directly yeah. to us. <laughs> it, yeah, we realize. But, but it feels different, right? Because yeah. it's like, oh, I'm just emailing like this abyss of where the emails go, <laughs> you know, and who, who knows who's going to. No, I know that I'm emailing Emma. I know that I'm emailing Jose. And you have like that personal uh relationship with, with with your clients i think it definitely helps we used to have that we used to use admin 
Um, and we got rid of that. Michael started using his own email, um, and then I just email from from my own. But but tenants, they they really like that. Or even sometimes like at the other building that I'm now managing, we have an email for that one. You know, it's fifty five fifty five WLS. You know, at the the company. But uh, when the tenants know that. I'm the one that's kind of dealing with them. Instead of emailing the email that they should be, they still email it directly to me. I'm like, that's fine, you know. So it's it's, it's definitely better when when you're able to really have those relationships with them. And then I like it because, like, for you, if if we were to develop, you know, or we have, but when you develop a good relationship with your tenant, then they take that and they refer you to their friends. You know, they're like, oh, my God, you need to come lease here because Juliet's actually going to take care of you or they're going to be able to, you know, fit you in and, you know, I'll do what I can, like, on late fees and things like that for some of my tenants. And, you know, I understand. Sometimes it's like, hey, I've, I've seen all these clients today. I haven't had a chance to go to the bank. I'm going to be there, you know, at 5.05. That's fine. Like, I'll wait for you. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm not, like, a super stickler on things. And, and so those are items that they also appreciate because, you know, I could be. You know, it, it's it's five. It's end of the day. It's five yeah. one. It's late. You and know, some if, people. If, a lot if, of if people you pay are your, like that. If, the mortgage. You got to pay your mortgage by the first. If not, it's a late fee. Like I don't know if you've ever had to call the IRS. Any business owners out there? But um, you could be on hold for three hours. But four p.m. comes. They, they, drop, the they drop They drop your call. <laughs> they drop it, and you're just like. Okay. That recently just happened to me. I was so mad. (laughs) I was so mad. (laughs) Okay, so here's a question. Property management, for those of you that know, can be a little sticky sometimes. Um, You know, not everyone can be happy sometimes. You know, you're the one that people, you're like the goalie. At the end of the day, people come to for good or bad, whatever. uh I want to know what your advice is, not only coming from such a young age, stepping into this leadership position from a non-traditional you know, background, but also being a young woman. And you've yeah. already mentioned it once during this interview, how that can, you know, you can get that condescending, whether it's people in maintenance, whether it's people, you know, who they just think they know better, right? Yeah. So I want to know, what's your advice to any, like, young women out there that are either, you know, in a position of leadership or that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. How do you handle? Um, I say know, know what you know, also know your boundaries, right? I feel like if this is the position that you're trying to get into try to maximize your learning as much as you can that way when you're speaking you're able to speak with authority you're able to speak knowing what it is somebody can't come and try to sway you or try to you know bs you around with something and then you're like oh i'm not not really sure okay well maybe that is and then you just look like a fool in front of everybody else um really understanding how to navigate is is what it is so like for example, one of my biggest jobs that I've done so far was with the crime lab for the city of Houston. City of Houston moved over into 500 uh, Jefferson. The crime lab was um, a full floor. It's about 20-some thousand square feet, a bio lab. Never done a bio lab in my life. Uh, two levels of, like, admin office. They have a whole full-on shooting range, which was my first shooting range that I ever did. Inside the in- office? Inside. Well, so, so it's on different levels. So the shooting range is in the basement. They have That's the bio cool. lab. They have, Ballistic. yeah. Ballistics, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, it's, it's a huge project. You know, Listen, this, this I'm is millions this of dollars. Awesome. Yeah. Like, I've watched all the NCIS, all the whatever. It, it was be. all of that. The hoods and, you know, exhaust. It was crazy. Um, and so you that meeting, it was a weekly construction meeting, and I had, like, you know, the CFO, some of the main guys, and then, like, a department head from all of their uh, departments. I had the building owner, the building owner's right hand, the engineer, the architect, and then the client had their own architect that would walk the premises to make sure that was building it correctly. It's a lot of people. I showed up for the purse meeting where it comes to feeling imposter syndrome or being able to own what, what you're talking about is uh, when I went there and they said, okay, well, who's going to be uh, handling this project? 
and you know we have that it's going to be this person which is my boss and I said well you know he's not going to be here it's going to be me and they looked at me and they said no but we need to talk to the person who's going to be in charge mm. and they said yeah I said I'm, I'm going to be running point on this project and uh, you know the main guy was like oh this is ridiculous you know you're a woman Whoa. you're a woman of color mm-hmm. you're young and you there's absolutely no way they were going to hand over millions of dollars uh, fortunately, my architect piped up. You know, he's a white, middle-aged man and said, I've been working with Juliet for the past few years. She does a phenomenal job on her projects. We've always been able to do them on time. And at the budget, if not under the budget, I think that she's going to be able to handle this just fantastically. Nice. And the guy was like, well, I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. For the next two, three meetings, they would still ask for him. But then I realized, you know what? Now I'm really going to be on my P's and Q's. You know, now now it's on. <laughs> you know, it's on. So yeah. for, for young girls coming into or, or young women, it's, you know, it sucks, right? Because it's like we have to prove ourselves so much more. I feel like our male counterparts get, you know, raises and promotions based on, oh, I think they have potential. And then, like, for women, it's like you have to, like, Don't show, like, oh, my God, eyes. like, I can do this. Can you please give me this promotion? Yeah. Um, but being able to just exude that, impresses so much and then you normally always have to say so much less at a later date so when i started coming in i came in with my plans and i had everything set this is your construction schedule this is what we're going to do this is where we're at this is what i need from you you still haven't given me this i cannot proceed on this because your architect hasn't done this you know now now i'm put it on you you're trying to put this on me it's on you you need to deliver these items to me and every week it was like that i got this i got this you still haven't done this you know to move the project along and I was just nailing it. And I could feel that they were starting to like, kind of like <laughs> ease into it week after week after week. And then I messed up. I messed up. I didn't catch one detail on uh, the framing of something. And their architect also didn't catch it either. But he was kind of being a little bit of a pain. Because <laughs> if he saw it, he should have brought it up way back when until like waiting until the end. Um, but they did. They brought it up. And we had our meeting. And at the end of the meeting, uh, the gentleman said, okay, we need to address the email that got sent out. Uh, It looks like you didn't do what was supposed to be done on this little detail of the framing. I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. You know, because I went in there and I was thinking, well, maybe I could like, you know, oh, well, this part of the I said, you know what? Honesty is the best policy. I messed up. It's on me. Yeah, my framers probably should have done this. Yeah, my sheetrockers probably should have picked it up. But at the end of the day, it's my name. It is what it is. I messed up. I said, I didn't catch it. And you took ownership. I took ownership. I said, it is what it is. I said, and honestly, um, I said, it's definitely my fault. I said, now, is the part needed? Is it a crucial part of the the building structure? No, because of X, 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 X. Yes, if you have that in there, it might give you this and that. But are you ever going to need it? No. Is it necessary? No. Is the structural integrity fine? Yes. Does it impede, you know, how it's going to look? No. If you want me to go back and fix it, I will absolutely do it. I just want to let you know that is it necessary? Absolutely not. I feel like that detail could also be an over-engineering part, but I'll let you decide if you'd like to, you know, whatever you want to do. And there was silence. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy looks at the plans and he leans in and he says, so you're not perfect. And I said, (laughs) I am not. Ever since then, it was smooth sailing. They absolutely loved me. We finished the project. Um, we did the grand opening, the mayor showed up and everything, and he sent a beautiful letter of recommendation about how well I did with the project, how he would suggest our company for everything, you know, just, just really nice for, for my team. 
Um, but it, it is difficult for, for ladies and women when you're coming into a leadership role, when you're in an industry where it is heavily male-dominated, um, for you to have to really understand what it is that you're doing, really educate yourself so nobody can try to finesse you on anything um, and you get respected a little bit more. From those that are genuine, they will respect you a little bit more. Yes, you will come in seeming a little bit as a threat. You're definitely going to be a challenge. It's out of the norm. Um, but for the genuine people that are in the industry, they're going to want to work with you. They're going to be 100%. like, man, that's a badass. Like, yeah, we want her on our team, you know? So I, I just suggest own your industry, learn as much as you can, lean on the ones that can mentor you, that can help you out, give you some, you know, some information, whether it's maintenance and janitorial, whether it's an engineer that you can lean on to, um, it, it can definitely take you to, to better heights. I want to clarify something. You work for one employer, but you wear multiple different hats. So you don't just do property management. I just got my official title <laughs> on my email, I think, last year. So because um, it's it like, yeah, like I, I'll do like the bookkeeping. Well, now I really just manage my building. I'm managing my books, you know, as a property manager, uh, dealing with tenants, their invoices, payments, looking at their rent roll, dealing with the budgets um, in this building since we do do uh, tenant improvements and tenant build outs i have a lot of core and shells so i'm dealing with city of houston with the planning the permitting my architects my engineers reading the plans hey yes we can do this no that's not available you know doing edits dealing with the construction of you know the subs that are coming in firing subs when they don't do what they want when they tell mm -hmm, them to do mm -hmm. um and and it's nice for my tenants i think too of us being able to do everything in-house because they're not dealing with a ton of people Right. They come into my office, they do the tour either with me or some of my staff, uh, and it's the same face that they see at their space planning. It's the yeah. same face that they're seeing when they come to tour. It's the same face as handing them the keys, and then it's the same face when you pay me rent, you know? <laughs> so it's, 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 a, it's a nice relationship because they're able to see, wow, she actually cares about things when they notice that, you know, maybe a little detail isn't going to work too well or I'll have a suggestion for them mid-construction. Mid hey, you know what? You mentioned this, but did you capture that? Um, it, it, it helps them appreciate it a little bit. More. So did you say your title? My title <laughs> now is Senior Project Manager. Okay. I don't so know really what... Broad. It's very you broad. You all sorts of projects all over Houston. <laughs> it's very but. broad, but yeah, we had... Um, you fly, our, too. You you don't stay in Houston. I don't stay in Houston. So. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah, so I had gotten some projects um, in uh, South Carolina. I was flying out there for quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much just go where there's an issue. My boss calls me and says, hey, I need this done. And I'm like, okay, I go. So right now I have... I'm not flying anymore. I'm going to Louisiana. So I have a, a women's shelter that we're doing a complete rehab on. We have a car dealership that we're finishing up. Then I have my building here in Midtown. And I have my building in Bel Air that I manage. Wow. It's a lot. That is a lot. It's Impressive. so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. I'm going on eight years. And honestly, I don't, so, I don't see myself going. Remember at the beginning of this conversation, you said you admire that your boss can handle multiple different things. You didn't know how he actually does it. Mm -hmm. You're doing the same thing. I know, but I just, it, it, that's, this is where the imposter syndrome comes in, right? I'm like, yeah, I know I'm handling all this, but like on what scale? Um, but yeah, it, it, it is, uh, it is fine. Like I said, I, I do respect him a ton to see how he can keep everything in his mind with all of the other project managers that he has, the rest of the projects that he's doing, um, and to still remember you know, things. Um, it, it's wild. But yeah, I, I, I do try to imitate him. <laughs> as much as I can. Okay, so you're ready for the hard questions, right? Hard questions, let's go. All right, so... Rapid fire. How do you guys brand yourself? 
How do we what? Brand yourself. How do we brand ourselves? Yeah, you got a marketing team. What? How? What is your messaging? What is your slogan? <laughs> like as a commercial property, right? So mm-hmm. like, how? How does? Yeah, like, because your job is to get tenants and also to yes. keep them happy. So yes. what does that look like? It's expensive. So like the, the biggest, yeah. the, the one of the <laughs> biggest expenses obviously is going to be like CoStar and LoopNet. Um, a lot of brokers use those. They love the pictures and things like that. The next thing obviously would be our website, which we just revamped with none other than yeah, the form. There we go. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Uh, so things like that definitely help because a lot of uh, tenants, if they don't have representation, they're coming and they're looking online. They're just Googling office space, Houston, office space, Midtown. Um, and having something that's interactive, that's nice and fresh, uh, definitely brings them in because we'll have calls. Hey, you know, we saw this on your website. Is this space available? Yes, they'll come in. Um, we do some stuff on like Instagram. We've been starting that with our social media um, and we've gotten a few leads from there. So that's cool. But it comes back to also this the team following up. Right. Because I can have all the advertisement in the world and then I have all these leads that are coming in and then nothing happens with the leads. So it's uh, having those weekly meetings or biweekly meetings with my team. Where are we? What are the new leads that came in? What are their issues? Why are they not leasing with us? You know, sometimes we have the lead and then they just don't come to flourish. And they're not signing. Why? Oh, well, they decided to go to the Woodlands. OK, well, I can't compete. But, you know, if they're saying, oh, no, they decided to lease down the street. OK, why didn't we capture that? What, what is it that we don't have that the other building had that got that? You know, let's go ahead. How can we implement that here? Because I'm not going to lose a lead, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to lose a lead because they had a vending machine. Well, I'm going to have four or five of them on the mine, you know? Yeah, they might I might lose napkins. it because of napkins, yeah. right? <laughs> I got to get the napkins. Um, but you know, it, it's things like that of, of having those meetings, of figuring out to make sure that they come, they like it, price is good, lease. There should be no reason why you're going to go somewhere else because the customer service isn't going to be beat. The pricing isn't going to be beat. Your amenities aren't going to be beat unless you want to have, you know, the connection into downtown of, of the um, the the tunnel. Yeah. I can't do that, right? I can't I mean, excavate it for you. But yeah. besides that, you're going to get a really good deal. No, I think for us, we love – we pretty much exclusively work with businesses that there's, like, a passion and drive with the people involved mm-hmm. that they really, really care we do occasionally people, you know, businesses approach us and pretty early on in the initial meeting or two, we'll find out that they're not super enthusiastic about where they're going. They're mm. not really passionate about fixing things. And the thing is you can, um, what's the saying? You can paint a pig, but it's still a pig, that yeah. kind of thing, right? So <laughs> we could do the most amazing content. We could put together the most beautiful website, right? But then if someone calls and the customer service sucks, yeah. right? If they don't care about, you know, all these things, it's like that's not going to matter so we are really intentional we only want to surround ourselves with and work with businesses that are like what you guys do you really care about the whole process all the way through not even that like remember when we first moved in we came to houston on a sunday and michael got out of bed yeah to open the door for us you know and i got on him for that too because i was i was like michael you gotta have boundaries okay saturday okay fine you're out and about on the saturday but on a sunday you went we were in (laughs) desperation because we had flown here for those of you that don't know the story we had flown here under the impression we had a realtor and you know, we had been looking at the space and we were probably going to lease it. We just wanted to check it out in person right before we, we get there. She's not there. She ghosts us for the tour. We're like, that's kind of weird. Maybe mm. something came up. We go through. We're like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, this is going to work. She sent us paperwork. We're like in the process of about to sign the lease. Yeah, yeah. We literally were just like, OK, we'll just like double check. And then we can also like check around for, you know, residential places to live, whatever. Yeah. So our team, you know, we get back in the car after the tour and we realized we had a call from her. And she had said, oh, yeah, by the way, I leased the property. Oh, nice. And we were like, 
even though you knew we're, we're coming here yeah, today and like nice. literally just touring it. So then we, were, we look at each other and we're like, our flights leave in 24 hours. It was like 5 p.m. on no, Saturday. I think it was less than 24 hours. Yeah, it was like 5 p.m. on Saturday. And by like 5 p.m. on Sunday, we'd be flying out. And we mm-hmm. were like, oh, crap. So next thing you know, we're calling people. We're trying to figure it out. We're, we're Googling. And you nobody's know. picking up at this No one was picking up. Michael did. Michael did. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just, you know, at the end of the day, it, like, it comes full circle. Uh-huh. Because we got, we were like, whoa, not only did, and we did, we were able to see a few other places. And this just blew it out of the water. Mm-hmm. Right? I but think just, it was yeah. the... The ability to grow with the building. Yeah. I think that was like, for me, it was the, the, the best part. Cause we no, gotta, I agree. Yeah, we, we were in the 15th floor, very small unit. Very small space. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be hard when you're making a leap as, you know, a business of any size, when you're jumping into, okay, we're gonna, you know, upscale or mm-hmm. we're not sure what the next year or two has. So mm-hmm. we are very ambitious. We had big growth plans. But we needed to see how things shook out, you know? And I didn't want to move to an entirely new city, rent an entire, like a massive yeah. place and then not be able to fill that out. And it was so cool to be able to work with you all because that made it was made very clear early on that test it out, see how you guys like mm-hmm. the the space, and if you want to grow, we can customize something. So the studio that we're shooting in right now, we were able to come here, figure out our needs, how much space we yep. needed, what we wanted to build out, and, and then knock this wall down. I was like, <laughs> dying. No, no, no. It was like we're gonna get another unit, and Juliet saw the unit. She's like, "What are you gonna do with this space?" I'm like, "We're gonna build a set for a podcast, yeah, have exactly. a couple, have like, a couple offices." Nope. Yeah. No, this doesn't work for you. Come over, I'm gonna show you something. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, was crazy. Like that whole modular space came about because of COVID. Right. So we hit really hard. We were leasing like crazy these huge floor plans, you know, because that's the model like call that's always centers been. and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. You have the call center, you have the, the ton of corp- executive yeah, suites. Yeah, the corporate oh, executive yeah. suites where they want eight, nine, ten thousand square feet. They have all their cubicles, their teams, conference rooms, huddle rooms, phone rooms, wellness rooms, which is the newest thing, right? For the mothers, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so we've had we had a lot of that and then COVID came and then all the companies realized, oh my God, we don't need ten thousand square feet. Especially if no one's coming to the office, nobody's coming to the pandemic. office. And so now I have all this office space and I'm like, what are we going to do? And so I was talking with one of my architects at the time and um, he was like, hey, uh, I have another client. He's feeling the same thing. He's thinking about doing modular spaces. And I said, ooh, that sounds good. I said, send me his info. So I went and met with him and I said, hey, you know, obviously I'm looking to compete, right? But I want to check it out. Like, you know, he has some really cool ideas. He said, yeah, sure, let's go. And, uh, and he showed it how, it how it goes. And you have the interior corridor. You have your main corridor. And then you have a little room, which is going to be your reception. And then you have an interior corridor that wraps everything around. So then you just divide, right? You, you build out everything. And then you just say, okay, you want these two rooms? I'll make two little five-foot uh, demising walls. You want four rooms? Okay, cool. I'll just move the demising wall over. But it's pretty much set to go. You just have to make you know a little modification to it and I was like this is genius because we would have small entrepreneurs that come in they said yeah we love this building we want to be here but I can't afford 8,000 square feet you know I can afford 500,000 and then what are you going to do with it I don't know exactly yeah it's like I'm going to have all this space for what Yeah. and it it worked perfectly I said you know what I'm going to I called my boss and I said I think this is going to be an amazing idea we have a vacant floor on three I want to build it out he oh, was that's like, where we have our. So we that, actually we have, have a, we have a studio on three that's for the mixing, like the audio. Mm-hmm. We need a, a dead room, and yeah, it's full of these tiny little, and it works. Ti- perfect. It works perfect. Yeah. It works perfect. And and I, I pitched <laughs> the idea to him, and he was like, 
okay, go spend the money. And I was like, all right. Built it out. We were pre-leasing before we were even done. Right the level of trust right there. The level of trust. I love that, though, that you were pre-leasing. Yeah. yeah. Pre-leasing. We had stuff in frames, you know, just chalk on the on, on the, on the the floor. And people, people were like that. that they were that, like, yes, I like yeah. this. No, don't make that wall here. I want this here. You know, uh, pre-leased uh, We only had maybe like six or four spaces or so left by the time we were done construction. And my boss wow. was like, that is insane. I said, I'm going to do it on 14 and 15. He was like, do it. Did on 14 and 15, same thing. Uh, we had uh, one of the construction companies I had came when I was, uh, you know, just chalking the floor. And I said, hey, this is going to go fast. We're pre-leasing. And he was like, yeah, you know, we'll see. Called him back like two weeks later. I said, hey, walls are up. I have interest. Do you want it? And he was like, what do you mean walls are up? He came over. He said, oh, my God, you guys aren't playing. I said, do you want it or you don't want it? He said, yes, I want it. <laughs> I did not. And the one that I wanted that one, I moved them to the other corner. They didn't want – they wanted the, the, the Northwest, but – He's like, fine. So now I have the two construction companies. Um, and now that we're pretty much done with Fortune and 15, now I'm doing the same thing on eight. And it's just going like crazy. I, I love being able to um, kind of be a hub also for the small businesses, lawyers, architects, um, the uh, financial groups. That marketing get, firms. Marketing firms. <laughs> where it's like I'm small, but I'm still a good established business. And I want to have a nice space. Like nice spaces shouldn't just be for the big conglomerates. Of, of the companies and then you know these nice professional offices are reduced to like C buildings yeah, and B buildings especially and because just... nowadays there's a lot of business there's a huge business trend towards I want to keep my business small on purpose like yeah. having a boutique team yeah, exactly. where you can you know work with the top of the top but it's like I don't need you know I don't I don't want a giant staff of people because I want to manage the control mm-hmm. you know and I want to, I want the quality to be so good and that's how it is for us and impressions matter right when when you're meeting your new clients whether you're small or you're you know large when you're meeting your clients you want to meet in a space that they also walk in and they say Okay, this is nice. This, I'm gonna this, take this, you this seriously. Exactly. Yeah, I'll take you seriously. You know, versus walking into a class C and then and then the ceiling tiles match and then you know the tiles looking kind of crazy on the floor. They go into the restrooms, which I think is the biggest thing if you guys are leasing a space. I loved the restrooms. Restroom. No, no, no. That's you got so a fancy true. little hand yeah. No, no, no. I, but like it matters because you know what? Matter. My very first day, I that was my first comment was, "Oh, the restrooms are." Uh huh. Yeah, no, because the whole place is like feels so well maintained. It feels so upscale. Yeah, and it's like good. And the that's constant the level improvements. That we're at. That's the level. And the you constant want. improvements. Like we got the new water fountain that has like now you can fill the your bottle water. fillers. Bottle yeah. fillers. Yeah. That's new. Yeah, oh, you, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> upgrade over the time. <laughs> yeah, because you, you, you'll hear tenants are like, yeah, I like the water filler, but then I have my bottle and everything. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> Put six hundred dollars in it, and then everybody loves you. You're like, okay, cool. Oh, you know, so yeah. uh, we're trying to go green. That, that, that's our thing. <laughs> that's why you don't have napkins. <laughs> 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 no, but, but seriously, I, I think I think it's it's good to to see the trends, see where things go, um, cater to the clients that that you can, which we have done on those different levels of the mini suites, um, and and seeing seeing the clients grow. I think my my biggest uh pride of one of my current tenants if any of my other tenants see it you know i still love you guys but um i I would have to give a big shout out to leanne you know having her come in leasing that 300 square feet and being nervous she was on our podcast she She was was actually on the podcast for anyone watching if you haven't seen that episode go check it out she's another incredible female entrepreneur yeah, yeah, a lot to learn from. She was like within the year doubling space, and it was funny because like her husband they came the first time and he was like, I don't know, babe, like this is a lot, you know. She's like, No, I can do this, and they came back again when she was doubling the space, and she had actually looked before she doubled the space at the first floor, and he was I like, know. There's no way that you're going from 300 square feet to like no, 
Uh, and then they did the double of the space. And then when they came back to look at the bottom, I said, so now what? He's like, I should have just let her do the, the one at the bottom. <laughs> <to begin with." laughs> but it, but it, it, it's really cool to, to see uh, another lady her, in her field dominate yeah. and then grow and then kind of feeling like like you're a part of that, of like being like, hey, I got this for you. Or, yeah, we can customize her it. Her unit is an example that right now she was telling me that she's working on putting a shower system in there. Yeah. So that's like, it's constantly we, we met yesterday. She was like, hey, Julie, I need a shower. And I was like, bet, let's go down there and see how we're going to do this. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, I, I definitely like being there uh, for the tenants of figuring out how, how to make it their home, right? Because that that's the only thing that makes us successful. That's the only thing that makes me successful at my job is if I'm retaining my tenants. We don't make money when the tenant comes in and we have to prep the space for you. And then you decide after three years, you know what? Your manager sucks. I'm leaving. Then we have to reconfigure the space for somebody else we normally the building is going to make money when you renew when you renew is when we start recouping all the money back that we've already invested in it and now it's like okay cool um so my goal obviously is to have as much tenant retention as i can make sure that the building stays uh full and the only way we make sure that you guys stay is if you like it mm-hmm. that's so, true. so I, I, I take it very seriously you know when, when tenants come down they say hey you know, I saw this, or I didn't like this, or I'd, I'd like to see this improvement. Um, and it's like, okay, let's figure out how, how we can put that in for the, you know, for that. this quarter, next quarter. Let me figure out a way to, to do that. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like with your role, uh, you get to interact with a ton of different businesses, <laughs> business owners, all throughout Houston. Yep. And you say we're the favorite, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so we, I'm totally new to Houston uh-huh. and we moved, you know, several, just like a few months ago. And so I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on Houston as like a hub for business or entrepreneurship because before moving here, we didn't know very much about it. And I feel like a lot of times people neg Houston like crazy. Like, why are you in Houston? Why not Austin? Why are you in uh-huh. Texas? Like, whatever it may be. So what's your perspective, like being here as long as you've been? Uh, you know, I, I think Houston really caters a lot to small businesses. We have so many, like, pop-up shops that happen, small businesses that network with each other, um, just, you know, groups, especially, like, look, like with Bounce Back on my first floor, they're constantly doing events and bringing in other uh, small businesses, whether they're resale, boutiques, jewelry, um, to try to promote everybody. And I feel like Houston's very, uh, I can win and you can win too, versus I'm winning Go over there so I can keep winning. You know what I mean. I feel like Houston has has that really nice vibe of um of, of wanting to help their neighbor, uh, of us all being able to grow and be really good. Because when you have that, you never know when it's going to come full circle, right? Like I can help you out, and maybe it might not happen within a year. Maybe two years from now, you're going to come back and say, "Oh, you know what? I have this leader. I have somebody that you can grow with your business." Um, and so I, I really like that about Houston. Granted, I've been living in Houston for most of my adult life. So this is pretty much all I know. Um, but I, I like what I see. I like the referral. And, and I say that also of seeing the referrals that my tenants do within themselves and sometimes within the same industry, right? We'll have a makeup artist that's in here and she'll say, hey, my other friend's a makeup artist and I want her here. She knows that by bringing her friend is also going to be a competition, having her on the same floor, having her in the same building. But they know her being here is going to make her just as successful as me. We're in a central location for her to be able to grow her clientele. So that that energy is is, is really nice in Houston. Heck yeah. And yeah. the restaurants are phenomenal. Restaurants are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Gloria is still my favorite. <laughs> Gloria is my favorite. <laughs> Gloria's is good. Gloria's is good. Yeah, food, food is impeccable. Um, you know, Mexican food down here is, is Bro, Can amazing. we talk about this for a second? Like, seriously. 
Seriously. The the price for the meals you get and the quality of the food that is, is so, so cheap. That is true. Okay, yeah. so I used to live in New York City. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Nashville. Like some amazing food cities, right? But they're expensive. They are. They are expensive. When I was and... in New York, I paid almost $30 for a slice of cheesecake. Yeah. Best cheesecake I ever had in my life. <laughs> no lie. But 30 bucks yeah. For Glorious, I get a full okay, meal. And... <laughs> 15 bucks. And there, okay, so there are tons of mom and pop. Like, there's restaurants from every, like, every walk of life yes. all over the world. I'm a huge yes. traveler, big foodie, right? But also, because maybe it's because the competition's so big or because Houstonians, like, really care about the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's not just good food hole in the wall places. You're talking, like, the nicest atmosphere, the great, like, these restaurants are beautiful. Even coffee yeah. shops. I see yeah. some coffee shops, they're, like, tailored. Yeah, it's oh, a good vibe. They're, they're becoming, I think, even more eclectic because everybody, you know, with social media and wanting to take pictures, it's like this is an Instagram where these plays mm-hmm. for you to be able to take, you know, nice, um, you know, backgrounds and whatnot. But so, the result is you have like amazing quality yes, food, yeah. amazing atmosphere. And it's like, oh, I live in this place now that's so diverse and so mm-hmm. vibrant. And it feels like this giant hidden gym. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for the number of restaurants, when I first moved here, I'm like, okay, some have in to just be- your zip code, like just your neighborhood. What was it like? Over 360, 80, 380, 400. Yeah, well, it was it was. A crazy we, number. Because we talked about it. It was like, if I went to a restaurant every, every single, single day, <laughs> I still couldn't go to all the restaurants in my neighborhood <laughs> yeah. in a year. But that's that's my point. I, I assumed there were going to be some vacancies, some empty restaurants. Yeah. They're always packed. Yeah. No. They're, they're, they're ready to go. And yeah. I, that's the, At the end of the day, aside from hating winter, the biggest reason that we came here was because there was Man, so much growth. There's huge potential for Let's growth. be real. We didn't escape winter. It was like seven degrees. Like it was. <laughs> we didn't escape no okay. winter. It's going to be two days out of you're in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now you can walk outside without a coat. So exactly. like, I don't, I don't, that does not count to me. <laughs> I, I felt like yesterday was like a snow day, like growing up because I, I opened the door and I was like, oh, it's like icicles outside. Oh, this no. is crazy. Hey, last question. Um, you worked with us in a couple of different projects mm-hmm. and I respect you like no lie. Like I was in your office a couple of times. I'm like, yo, you're kind of scary. And I said scary in a way that it was like, I, there's a, res- a level of respect and admiration. Okay. Uh-huh. Right? So, what advice you got for us? Like, if I was a client, which kind of am, but uh-huh. like, what advice you give us? Have, you worked with so many different um, levels of businesses. You seen what we could do. Give me some advice. Give me some pointers. What do you oh think? Oh my goodness! Put, put me on the spot. Put you on the spot. I feel like I do uh, critique you because, like, you came 100%. to my office the other day and you were like, "Hey, check out this podcast," and I was like, mm, "I would probably do X, Y, and Z, and I would probably do this for the intro." And you were like, mm, "Okay." I went back to Casey. I went back to Casey. I re-edited some stuff. <laughs> but you know, I, I I think I I offer my opinion on on things, um, not. From an area of, like, any sort of malice. I never want anybody to take it like that. I feel like if I do try to give my two cents, it's going to be to to improve it or to help it. Or at least to give my point of view. And then, of course, you can take it with a grain of salt, right? Because I don't do marketing. I don't do social media. But I do watch, you know, podcasts or I do watch things. And I'm like, oh, you know, this would be cool. I saw this from so-and-so. Maybe we can incorporate that. Um, but I, I think for any business is to love your craft. Right. You know, it's like if you don't really love what you're doing, then it's going to get boring and it's going to become monotonous. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, property management. Is it fun? Is it super exciting? You know, being I people are like, oh, she's the boss. I'm like, no, I'm the head of the complaint department. Right. Because that's (laughs) that's, that's what happens as a building manager. You don't like something you did. You know, every now and then we do get um, 
you know, the, those complaints that come in, it's definitely nicer when we get, you know, the random bouquet of flowers from tenants that, that we have had or, like, random, like, lunches or they'll bring us donuts and we're just like, hey, you know what? We just thought of you guys and we just wanted to do this. Like, that feels awesome. But um, I would say just love your craft because at the end of the day, I like helping my tenants. I like working for them. Um, and that's why I'm still doing it seven, eight years later, you know? So for you guys with marketing enjoy it find something that's fun and if it's a project that you don't want to deal with and you just say you know what take a hike i've told some tenants that have come in you know prospects this building isn't for you you know i could just already just tell from how we're doing the tour how it's going this is just going to be an absolute disaster and i would rather not have to deal with you for the next five years on certain things because because you you'll you'll see that in whatever industry you have right granted you're always going to try to appease your client the client's always right on certain things but sometimes you can just tell this is not going to be a good fit for you or me or for my staff because i'm very big on my staff being well respected and well treated i do not take disrespect from anybody and I do not allow any of my staff to be disrespected no matter who you are you know like it, yeah. it doesn't work and I have that mentality because of um my boss you know and quick story for that which I was like oh my god I can't believe he's doing this right now <laughs> um we had a tenant that was uh, moving into this building and he came in just live it this is when I was at the other building cursed me up one side down the other granted he was upset because you know whatever hadn't happened I get it was it necessary? Not Absolutely not. You know, and so I told my boss, I said, hey, you know, he's kind of upset. He said, well, how did the interaction go? And I said, well, he said X, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he said, he said, what? So the tenant came in. He said, you know what? He said, Juliet can do as much for you or as little for you. You want her to be on your side. I don't need you. So if you are going to talk to her like that, then you could just leave. Like, I don't care. They were leasing almost like 7,000 square feet. And I was like, oh, my God, like, they need this money. And he was just like, screw it. You can go. You don't like it here? Bye. Pick up your stuff and go. We're, we, we don't have to deal with that because she doesn't have to deal with that. And I'm not going to have her upset at her job. Um, and I do the same thing with Michael. We had one incident where, where a tenant here had came in. It was not even one of the principals. It was like, you know, the manager kind of like down here. But he came down feeling some type of way uh, and just went off. And I emailed the principals and I said, you know what, we we work for you, but there's absolutely no condition why we should have to tolerate that. And I'm not going to tolerate that. Moving absolutely forward. not. No, we've had the, oh I mean, God, we had absolutely, the you know, I'm thing. so sorry and whatever. And I oh. said, yeah, you, you have to address that. Like, there's yep. there's no way. We had that happen this winter. We had, you know, uh, and from time to time it happens, right? But, like, I was working on another project and I found out that, a, you know, a client called and yelled at our staff, yelled at Casey, yelled at... Jose and they I'm were an upset because it was right before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Okay, we had everything planned out. We had all of our projects in the pipeline. They wanted us to do something completely new, mm -hmm. and they wanted us to do it now. in less. Yet yeah, right now, yesterday, yep. yeah. Drop and everything and like drop make, everything, and we were just politely with my constant changes to the website. Sorry, get no, no, but politely we were like, hey, we can do this after Christmas. Our we are letting our team have a Christmas break, you yeah. know? And, well, that's not going to work for us. We're just going to have to go to somebody else. And we were like, okay, I think that's best. You know, and also, I was thinking in my head, who in the world is going to say yes to this in the same timeline? Like, at Christmas, absolutely no one. But it's just people will try to bully you and push you that yeah. leverage. And at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to stand up for our staff. Just yeah. like you're, and like, you're doing the same thing that your boss did yeah. for you. Because yeah. 
that's not okay. I don't it's care. Okay. Like, yes, there are times we can be so upset. Something, you know, maybe something really didn't go the way it was supposed to, but that gives you no right to speak. No, that I, way. I'm super grateful not. for Emma. She had my back in so many situations with clients, and I have hers. And I think that's the cool thing about having a partner. Like, she has my back. I have yeah. my back. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes people will call one of us trying to be like, Did you hear what? Blah, 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 blah. And he's, you know, and it, it, Jose would be like, She did exactly. Like, there have been times where they've tried to undermine, you know, oh, like, uh-huh. as a woman, once again, like, I have, so I lead the website department and what we do, and like, and Jose leads content creation. And I've been building websites since I was like eight years old. She's okay, been hacking since like eight. Years okay, old. we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> um, so, no, and so um, this one, it was gonna be a really big client, right. and they didn't like. I guess the you know there were these older guys, and they didn't like that it was me that was gonna lead oh. the project, and so they went around my back, even though I had done all the communication, and they called Jose and they said, "Yeah, we'll work with you all if you run point in the project." <sighs> And Jose goes, listen, I, you know, I understand, but uh, nope, you're going to be working with Emma if you're going to work with us because she's absolutely the best and that's what she does. And <laughs> and I could not believe, I was like, you just let this giant client walk out the door. I, it was, I mean, it was huge. It was yeah, like a sixty, seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 website. And he said, well, if they're not going to work with you and they're not going to respect you, no, we're not working with them. And it was going to be like, it was, yeah. it was people like, I don't like working with people that disrespect my partner or what we do it's not gonna be a fun project to work on absolutely i mean the running point for for the team i think is is imperative of making sure that the uh vibe within your team stays the same like when it comes to you know with michael and sarah i'm like if i'm not there and i'm not hearing the disrespect i just need you to just maintain your composure okay and you come and you tell me and then i go handle it you know what i mean you don't fight with the ton, because because I have to be the bad person, right? I'm I'm the building manager. They can be pissed at me all they can, but you're gonna see them a lot, probably more so in the day to day. And I want you guys to always be good. So yeah, I'll be the bad person. I don't care. That's I went in and told me you're so nice at telling me no. Like I'll come in here knowing that you're probably gonna tell me no, but I still feel good when I leave. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> that December client on the phone, they were going off on me because we we're not gonna do the project, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, you guys are really upset. I'm so sorry. And then I was like. Have a nice day, and I hanged up. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what else do I want to do? I know. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. I, there, uh, I got recommended this book. It's called The Raving uh, Raving Fans. Ooh, I'm going to add it to my book list right now. Add it to your book list. <laughs> it's a really nice read. Um, I think every small business owner should do it. What's it called? Raving Fans. Raving Fans? Um, And it really outlines, you know going above and beyond for your clients and understanding the boundaries and being able to tell a client this isn't a good fit because it doesn't align with what you do. It doesn't align with your values. I could tell that we're just not going to be able to work and it's okay. Uh, but I, I think, I think it's a fantastic book. It's a really easy read. It's a nice storyline. Um, but yeah, read it. Let me know what you think. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, Juliet, for the conversation, for the <laughs> book recommendations, fun. for all of the laughs. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I'm really, really glad that we had you on our podcast today. And for, for sure. everyone out there listening and watching, if you like this kind of content, please like and subscribe for more. And uh, we'll be bringing on all sorts of interesting guests this season. I am going to link all our information below. If you guys are looking for a unit in uh, Houston, in Midtown. True. Yeah. So so I am a commercial real estate bro- uh, agent. I was going to say broker. Mention Jose. Re- agent. <laughs> Um, so yes, I do rep this building, Midtown Central Square. I have the building in Bel Air that I, you know, would love uh, to have some tenants in for some office space. But if you have any other needs that you might need to do, warehousing, retail, things like that, it could definitely help you out and find your spot. Heck yeah! And as always, if you are having any marketing questions or questions about growing your business, just drop us a line. Yeah. We do free consults, and we'd love to hear more. Thanks. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Yep. <laughs>